Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, I think is my name, and joining me for uh, some more voyages to some strange new worlds, my long-lost friends, Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's going on, gang? What's going on, fellas? What's happening? Back in the saddle again. The boys are back in town. That's a completely different boys song. Boys are back. I know, I but it felt They're right. Both so the I the same idea. It. No, no. Yeah. No. One's a Knight's Tale exclusively, <laughs> and the other one's not. So, anyway. Y'all, it's been a minute since we uh, since we did like some episode recap type stuff, and um, I'm sure much life has been lived since Picard ended, and you know Captain Pike and his crew are you know back in the saddle again, like we are. So, yeah, good to be back. Yep, we're back. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back. So fun story. I was so I was putting all the episodes on my calendar. You know, to prioritize them um, as like this is happening type of thing, and uh, I realized that one of the episodes is actually happening when our boy David is getting married or about to get married. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it the finale? Uh, no, it's the no. week before the finale, I believe. Okay. Or maybe it's two weeks before. All right. But, yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. We had the Rolaren episode during my wedding. Yeah, we did. How do you feel about that? Well, I was just spoiled. I didn't get to watch it until, like, Tuesday after the fact. <laughs> That's true. Well, hey, I yeah, think, I, I, think I have three mics here, you know, so we could just always record it live. We could. Well, yeah, we could. <laughs> that's your that's your bachelor party, right? Recording an episode. <laughs> that's right, boys. Recording episodes. <laughs> let's, get, let's get Darth Austin on this, and let's just make it like a party, man. Let's just see what happens. <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, "What? What are we talking about?" Star Trek. That was my best Austin impression. How was that? Is that all right? No. 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 Okay. It's fine. By the way, if y'all don't already have a Star Wars podcast to listen to, you should probably check out David's. I'm just saying. Yeah, sometimes we upload stuff. <laughs> Some, you know, like every two to three weeks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Life oh, is man. busy. Yeah. That is true. That is so true. It's like not even funny. So, well, speaking of busyness, has there been anything at least fun to break up the monotony of being busy for you guys? Well, I think since the last time we recorded, we just got to celebrate Chase's PhD level unlock slash Woo! birthday slash birthday, right? Because they That's were at the same time. It's a joint party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just go up there, play some bocce ball. Bochi ball? Really? Bochi ball. <laughs> Bocci. Bocci ball, man. Bocci ball. That's where it's at. Yeah. So I. So since you brought that up, Eric, um, I wanted to say this like in front of David. So I know David had uh, mentioned, I think it was like the week before when him and I were talking. He's like, um, yeah, we're 
we're not we weren't able to we're not coming down or something because um, uh, I think your mom or something had forgotten about Mother's Day or, or something like that. So you're doing Mother's Day like a week later, and which would have been the same. I think the same weekend as well. It, my it was party. it was more just time off of work and you know it just, just well, well, no, wasn't a great time for a trip. But well, no, here's where I was going with that man. Like I mean. I know now, but like I thought you were trying to pull a fast one on me and surprise me because uh, when I was talking to David or when I was talking to Eric and Raquel, um, they were like staying in a, a hotel like over in like the Dallas area, and I'm like, what? Like that's like 45 minutes from where I live, and so like I thought y'all were being sneaky and that y'all were and that Eric and Raquel were staying in the Dallas area to pick y'all up from Southwest to surprise me. <laughs> No, we we. Went, I was that. We that was not the case. Muse, we wanted to go to a museum. Neither one of us had ever I, been to Dallas. I know that look, now. Look, not Eric. everything is about you. Okay. <laughs> look, I know this now, gang. I just wanted to at least tell you. Come on. No, it was it was huh. funny because Ashley showed me something on her phone uh, either today or yesterday, and was like, it was uh, tickets because we've been talking about going to Austin and like bumming around there at some point we've never been to austin and she was like showing tickets and stuff it's like you really want to go back to texas huh so i don't know huh? maybe at some point i might be back down there who knows hmm. austin hmm. Mm. <laughs> not my favorite city i mean I, all people out there who are listening are in austin like all one of you. All one of you, right? It's just—it's not my favorite city. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've been there once, maybe twice. A few other times I've driven through it. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, the—I will say this: like, the Capitol Dome is actually pretty cool to go walk through. Like, it's some, some amazing architecture. A lot of just really cool things there. Like, it's a—it's a beautiful building. That's about it. So. Yeah, we're just periodically picking random places to go to, so. Love it. Love it. You could periodically pick, like, a random place like Fort Worth to come to also. Just God, like, I've already been there this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's like us picking. I could go to Cincinnati. But there, there's actually some cool things to do in Cincinnati. Oh, are there? Yeah. Well, I mean, like must, you should have said Cleveland then. Well, Cleveland rocks. I mean, Cleveland if if you're like into sporting events and it's that season. Yeah. No one wants to go. To no, Cleveland. it's more like that saying. That was an old joke that basketball players like. No one's like, hey, let's go to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be surprised. It's actually more apropos to say like Dayton or Toledo or something. If you're gonna make fun of fun of an Ohio city, at least pick on the ones that we pick on. I've been to Toledo a few times. It's like I'm going to Steubenville. Sick, man. You're you're real close to Pennsylvania. Awesome. I, I'm going to Oberlin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to Germantown. Yeah. Now you can go down to Marietta, see where where all the uh, opioids are. That'd be fun. Ooh, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, man. Man, that Ohio River so majestic. Mm-hmm. 
Do y'all um do y'all wear like funky socks at all? Just like no. for work or whatever? No. No. Am I the I, only one in this group that wears funky socks? I, I I wear pattern socks, yes. Okay. I, I, I love funky socks and um Eric, when we were um there in New Orleans for your wedding, when we were leaving we stopped at this um at a few gift shops like looking for like tchotchkes and you know, other stuff to, to grab or whatever. Yeah. And uh, we stopped at this place called the Royal Praline Company because okay. just, um, I, I, I know of that. We, I remember seeing it. We stopped there because they just had like a good, like, you know, street presence or whatever in terms of like drawing us in or whatever. And uh, I'm like looking for like cookbooks and like other stuff. And um, the pralines didn't look too appealing to me. I mean, my dad likes pralines, so that's a thing but um i am always into socks like i love wearing like funky socks so i picked some up um then when we were there back in march and um i i fell in love with those socks those became like one of my favorite socks in my sock drawer and we uh, i took them with me on my trip my graduation trip and then came back and um, i couldn't find one of the socks I'm like where did this sucker go so i was like spending like probably um, like a solid three to four weeks looking for this one sock and I could not find it. So like I'm looking all over the internet trying to find this pair of socks that I got. Can't find it. I call up the Royal Praline Company and speak to someone. They're like, sorry, we don't carry that anymore. I'm like, oh, whatever. I wait like another week or two and I call them back and I'm like, hey, I'm stuck. Help me out. This is exactly what the thing looks like. Long story short, it was like... A very long journey, but I was finally able to get a replacement pair of those socks, and I'm one happy camper. It's you know you're in your 30s when you get excited about socks. That's all I gotta <laughs> say about that. True, true story. All right, man. You need some some hobbies, better hobbies, more hobbies, <laughs> more hobbies, like Star Trek. More hobbies. I mean that. That's uh, uh okay, fine. <laughs> All right. Well, anyone else before we mosey on out of here talk about stuff? No. No. Yeah, All right. no. I'm ready I mean, to talk it, trick. Yeah, I was about to say it has it has been a while. I mean, I I went down to Kentucky, went down and visited the bourbon distilleries. Hey, yeah. Like five five different ones. It was a lot of fun. Got all the bourbon nice. for the wedding. Oh, did you have a favorite okay. one? You had my attention, but now you have my curiosity, <laughs> or whatever the line. You had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. I mean, we we, we actually, you know, we, we visited um, Buffalo Trace a few times because we were getting their sort of standard Buffalo Trace for the wedding, but also wanted a couple of their allocated bottles, which we did get some Blantons and we got some Eagle Rare which was what we wanted from there and we went to Woodford Reserve which I don't really care all that much about it was interesting to go to Castle and Key that was cool and one other one uh, Bullet and then one other one I don't remember the other one off the top of my head but no it was it was a good it was a fun trip Frankfort Kentucky though man that's a boring town it really <laughs> is a boring town it's like I we, we thought it would be you know fine and it was fine but it's like man i i would have rather stayed in like louisville or or lexington or something like that but 
but it was a short drive to everything, so that was that was nice. Yeah. And we're just ripping on towns tonight on this ep- on this episode of the podcast. I mean, a little bit. I mean, Austin, Ohio in general, now Kentucky. I mean, you know, it's what we do. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the Ripping on Your State podcast. <laughs> All right, cool. let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. All right. All right, everyone. This is your red alert, especially for Eric's wife, as we um, go in and talk about the latest episode of Star Trek Strange New World Season 2 Premiere, Episode 1, The Broken Circle. Man, oh man, gang. Man, oh man. It's been, like right out a year you know since we since we had you know strange new worlds on our screen and um it is so good to have it Red back. Alarm. i miss the show so incredibly much i don't know about you guys um i think this is like you know the trek that stands out the most of of you know the current year that we're in um minus season three of of picard i feel like that doesn't count i was gonna um, say we've had a pretty pretty good year yeah. Like this television year, not calendar year, but yeah, going yeah. back to, you know, lower decks in the fall and then mm-hmm. up through now. Picard and then up through now. Yep. Yep. So, um, the way this episode um, kicks off is just a very kind of a long eh, kind of an elongated kind of last time last year on strange new worlds basically um just seeing all the clips of that and kind of where we left off with um on you know taking a leave uh with uh number one being arrested for you know being Illyrian and lying about um who she is basically um kind of sort of losing hammer in a way we kind of it's kind of alluded to um and then we also get like a brief flashback to even like season two of discovery too in part of the clip um but uh picking up on this episode you know we're we're back um after like the recap we're back at um uh, starbase and we're we're kind of catching up on some things getting some upgrades to the enterprise and um, we're also, you know, just seeing, like, what's going on. Like, Pike's talking to Una, among other things. Like, we're going to fight this. We're going to get, you know, re- get you reinstated. And uh, I'm going to do everything I can. Like, um, don't start a fight. You can't win. By the way, we didn't start the fight. They did. So there's that. And um, Yeah, and there's something about, yeah. like, a lawyer who won't take their calls. Yeah. What's up with that? Has your mom ever done that? What? No. <laughs> that just that doesn't seem right. Anyway. Um, and then anyway, Pike says, I'll be, you know, not going to take me three days. It's going to take me two and a half and then one of these new fancy shuttles to get back to Earth. This, this was a little annoying because the days kept fluctuating. It'll take me two and a half days to get there. I'll be gone three days. Captain Pike will only be gone for two days. It's like, can you make up your freaking minds? He's going to be gone for five days, realistically. 
Okay. Gun all season. Shortest all term, season. five days. Like, let's let's just get the days right, okay? Yeah. And then, you know, he turns over command to Spock, who is, I mm. think, at this point, like, fourth. I mean, he was, like, fourth in command. I don't know, something like that. But he's like, Yeah, it really? was him, Me? Una, La'an, La'an, and then and Spock, right? Him, yeah. Who knows where so, Hammer yeah. fit into that, um... Right. Uh, but yeah, it's like you're turning over command to me. Yeah, it'll be fine. We'll just you're in space dock. You won't even have to take her out. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> yeah, and that's then how it always Pike, works. And then Pike jets off, and that's Pike in this episode. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know. Now's the time to talk about it. At the end, but it felt like a very strange creative decision to not have to like sideline your captain in the premiere episode like it feels like in a premiere episode you know he should probably he doesn't have to be the main character of the premiere episode it can be you know about spock or like about mbenga and chapel which this episode basically turns into but like to basically sideline him and he's not even he's in the first five minutes and then that's it that feels like a strange decision to me. You know what was coming to mind? We can talk about this, I guess, now. Um, but just the way that what you're talking about and then how the rest of the episode progresses, especially um, the very end, like kind of like tag. I was a little concerned that they're going to try and in a very sneaky way, turn Strange New Worlds into a serialized show. I mean, Instead of an episode of the week, like we were enjoying last week. So, like, right, we were we we got Pike out on a shuttle going to do his thing, right, to try and save you know Una in some form or fashion. This happens the very end, which we will eventually get to, knowing full well we're probably going to reconnect with Pike in the next episode and see how that all happens. So I don't know. Was anyone else kind of feeling that too, or, or not really? Well, I, I, what I can think is I can think each episode has like a little tidbit that's going to build to the finale, right? It's not necessarily we're going to tell one story leading there, but there might be a scene or, or a little tease, basically tease like like they had in this. Because we know the episode titles and it's pretty obvious based on the finale where this is going based on the episode title. But I still feel like we're going to get this Lower Decks crossover thing in there, right? That'll be episode seven, I'm calling it right now, since it's called Those Old Scientists. Yeah, and episode three is called, what, Yesterday and Yesterday and Yesterday, or Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow, something like that. Yeah, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. That sounds like a time travel episode. David loves himself a time travel episode. It it is... um, I, I was actually sort of pulling up a couple of things, and if you just Strange New World Season 2 for the first three episodes, it gives a small description of, mm. of for those. So yeah, the third episode is uh, Leon travels back to the 21st century Earth. Episode 2 is about Una's uh, court-martial. So, yeah. It'll be great. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's fine. 
It's yeah. fine, guys. Just time travel and court martials. Heck, maybe, maybe guys will even get like her entire record read out. It'll be fun, <laughs> just like we've seen before. <laughs> Sorry, I, still, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to throw stones. You know, I know before Strange New World started, they were telling us it's going to be story of the week, and David was like, "I'll believe it when I see it." <laughs> And it was. It was story of the week. Yeah. Like, so I feel like this show has earned that benefit of the doubt that it's going to continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for now. For now. For now. <sighs> okay. So, um, yeah. So Pike's out of there. And Spock is kind of like freaking the heck out. His like blood pressure and whatnot is like his heart rate, all this stuff is like kind of going through the roof. He's seen in Banga about this and, you know, trying to find ways to take care of these emotions that he apparently let loose for funsies and hasn't been able to put it back in the box. Right. Um, so this is where, uh, apparently, um, Spock has gotten into like his little harp that we see him playing in original series and even in Final Frontier uh, as a way to help manage those emotions, which we see it come down on the monitor. But as soon as Chapel comes up, hey, girl, hey, how you doing? Shoot. Back through the roof all over again. I said what I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... By the way, the opening credits still haven't rolled yet, so yeah, we're, it's, this, it's like ten minutes. Yeah. It's it's yeah, definitely ten minutes. Um. Anyway. There, anyway, we get a <laughs> some kind of distress signal buried in some something, right? That we believe came from Lon. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, a Spock gathers that gathers all the crew together, and he's like. I'm not going to force anybody to do this, so if you want to go now, go now. You, you don't have to go through on this mission. They're like, what mission? Like, oh, I thought that would be obvious. <laughs> We're going to steal the Enterprise. Enterprise. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a pretty... I mean, if you consider the original series, it is kind of left fieldish for him to just come out swinging like, we are going to steal the Enterprise. Really, Spock? You're not supposed to do this until you're supposed to transport your captain to his forever home later on, okay? I thought that's when you're supposed to turn because of the influence of James T. Kirk, your best friend for life. But no, it's like, that's ah, cool, man. We, we, we got to steal a ship. No protocol. Who cares? Let's do it. Well, Spock also stole the ship on his pond far. But you can't blame him for that. His brain got shut off. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so, yeah, and we're... Fake a warp core breach, because that's always the way to get everyone off the ship, is you fake a warp core breach. Well, they, in quotations, fake a warp core breach. Not very, not very well. Like, you know, he's not a seasoned saboteur yet. 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 <laughs> and... I feel like this is always our go-to, though. I mean, we saw this in Enterprise to get the Sulaban off the ship, right? That's the one that comes to mind for Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. But there's this dang pesky, like, engineer from who who won't leave the ship. 
Yeah. No. Now, and... now I don't know if any of you got these vibes, but like, I was getting. The, I don't know what her name, character's name is, but the the Tatooine engineer person in the Mandalorian. You know oh. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Did you get any of those vibes from this character here? I don't even remember. Better acting, at least. <laughs> I felt like they were like characterisms and mannerisms, and I thought they were trying to like do something similar there. Oh, you're oh oh the yeah, mechanic. Yeah, that Tatooine engineer who like yeah yeah who like helps Mando occasionally fixes like creates the the fixes up the uh, Naboo yeah. starfighter right yeah yeah. Okay. Yeah, she kind of does have that kind of vibe about her, doesn't she? But, yeah, with better acting. I think. Yeah, it's kind of like take your take your grandma into space. What? It's fine. Hey, okay, grandma? I know we're in the beginning of this episode here, and we're spending a lot of time, but they're about to go, right? And she looks back and says, you're going to say the thing? What thing? I don't have a thing. Do you have a thing? It's like, you got you got to say the thing. Everybody has their thing. Pike says, hit, Pike says, hit it. It's like, why, why are we spending so much time on the thing? <laughs> it's like... You know, let's fly. And Saru did the execute. Yeah, it's like your your sister. Your sister was all there. Let's fly. Let's just legacy this thing. It's like, why do we have to spend? Why do we, like? Can't we just go? Like that was what that was what Lorca go. Yeah. Warp me. I want the ship to go fast. Like, why do we have to spend so much time thinking about these things? Like, there are other things to spend our time on. Yeah, it, it it's a it's becoming a little forced. Because didn't we do this in in Picard too? Wasn't that in Picard where we cut it off right as somebody was gonna say something like that? Or yep. Yeah. Yep. Although this is really cool, I'm learning. Sp I'm learning Spanish, right? Because my wife is is Mexican. She speaks Spanish as her first language. Um, in in season one of Picard, Chris Rios, right? He's from Chile, right? Just like the actor Santiago Cabrera. And at one point before they warp, he says, "Dale." I, I loved it when it he said that. It didn't mean anything to me then, but I know what it means now. So it was like that's cool. What's it mean, Eric? What's it mean now? Go ahead. So he's like, dale. That's like a literal <laughs> translation would be go ahead, but then like, just like go. That was cool. Like, I understand that now, but three years ago, I didn't know what that meant. I am so incredibly over this. I am so, I'm so over it. Like, why do we have to keep making this a part of the friggin' dialogue to stay engaged it's not it's not beholden to Kirk it's not beholden to Picard or Janeway just say it I'm sure it's probably in some kind of field manual if you want to make a ship go just say engage or go do it on now get something like that LNZ would be fine get <laughs> 
it's it's just it's just some campiness that they put in, and, and I'm I'm sure the the writers think it's really really funny and kind of oh, really more putting a writer's own stitch in than the character, so to speak. You know, is it needed? Not really. No. No. Okay, so we got to talk about this mission, right? Let's go. Let's, let's go. We got to talk about this mission. We're going to this yeah, planet. Warp Factor Five. It's a dilithium this. planet, right? It's been mined for dilithium. No one cry. No one cry. Please, for the love no of God, cry, don't no cry. Scream. Don't scream. Don't have any emotion around this planet, okay? <laughs> so anyway, we don't need after, a pre-burn burn. After the Klingon War from. Discovery Season 1, we had a painstakingly created treaty that said, for 30 days, this is the Federation's planet. For 30 days, this is the Klingon's planet. Right? And when it's not your turn, you wait, you stay away. Wait your turn. Wait your turn. Take a number. (laughs) Wait your turn. And right now, it's the Klingon's turn, right? So this is why we as Starfleet can't go in and can't just openly send the ship and come to put Laon's rescue or answer her distress call. That's why we have to steal. I feel like that's important. We, sh- we should have at least mentioned why we're stealing the Enterprise. That's a thing. And if the Klingons see us there, that'll be considered an act of war and it'll start it'll st- reignite the war that the technically the Federation won. I don't see that happening at all in this episode what I mean like it kind of happens but like anyway like the if they see us like the war's gonna start again does it though because they're just kind of like it's like they, we get to the planet okay like we've come up with a plan like we're gonna get down there we're gonna wear some cool like you know, away mission looking clothes. We're gonna try to blend in, do the thing, and walk around and do the thing and find her and you know whatever. Um, and we do, and we come up with a plan of what of how we're going to you know move forward, basically. So we have our groups that have started to split up, and uh, we have um, what Chapel and Banga, right, that are doing their thing with medical stuff. And that's where things kind of go like a little sideways because they're going to help um, this little girl, yeah, right? The that survivor. Um, the survivor that Laon had this like reason for leaving, for like leaving to go be with her and, and take care of her for or watch out for her at least. And uh, in doing so, uh, this Klingon lady is like, follow me. And they are essentially like, you know, restrained, I guess, and taken to this underground cavern where there's a, apparently a Starfleet ship there. Yeah, th- th- this whole this whole was part of that, this whole part of the story was like warp speeded along, though. It, we it we we did so much in the beginning with like all of our characters and saying hello to everyone again, introducing Grandma, Space Grandma, and then you know we're we're just like. Oh, there's this and this and this. Oh, look, a ship. Well, well, I feel like you know uh, when when they meet up with Laan on this planet, and she gives him like the debrief, and she says, 
hey, there were people that were mining this planet during the war and they made a lot of money and, like, they were both from the Klingons and from the Federation, like, citizens from both, and they were working together to to make money selling dilithium during the war and now that the war is over they're not making this money so they want to restart the war so they can make more money which you know war profiteering is a big thing right but okay so that makes sense and then like La'an is on this mission she's undercover to try to like meet with a Klingon broker because she's acting like she's selling Federation technology and so I get like they're building this ship because somehow they've been by this group, which is the Broken Circle, which that's our episode title. Title men- alert. I mean, it's mentioned what well, they say the Broken Circle once. And if yeah. you blink, you might miss it. But that's this organization. And I guess they're buying up Federation technology and they're using it to somehow build this sh- ship, which looked like a California class ship a little bit to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this underground cavern here. But it did it did feel like it went fast, right? But you had to listen to this explanation here. Yeah. Yeah, so we have um Laon doing that thing, um arms dealing type stuff to, you know, move things along. Um and Mbenga and Chapel are on this ship, on this, you know, Starfleet kit bashed ship uh, taking care of some like burn victims basically like some radiation burns or something of, for Klingons and yeah, the Klingons radiation yeah aren't too uh, too keen on on seeing them and uh, this is where things get weird we get some roid rage going on um, at this point well I mean even even before that though you're starting to get set up of like Mbanga when he you know was sort of in quotations taking part in the Klingon war and sort of some of his PTSD almost that he went through due to all the slaughter effectively so there's sort of that little side story as well but yeah then they get roided up and pupils dilate and then they can do yeah, it's anything like, it's like they have like space amphetamines yeah. <laughs> no, so no did, any, did, did any of you ever watch uh, Agents of Shield, the television mm-hmm. show. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. In it, it was canon. It was. It fit with the movies up until like they decided to get rid of it. Anyway, in season five, like there's this storyline where they're like in the future and they're like on like a Cree space station or whatever. And it's like when a Cree knows he's about to die, he takes some kind of space amphetamine and like goes crazy and takes out as many people as he can with him. And that's all I could think about here is like, is that that it's like, oh man, they're on space amphetamines, just like the Kree. Hmm. You know, d- does this episode though kind of make you sort of see feel like the Federation just doesn't really control anything at all? Because like, so Mbanga is just carrying around vials of space meth. Um, we we've got a ship being built on Dilithium Planet that apparently no Federation you know, whatever they're sending their new about, which is kind of odd. I mean, the Klingons, not so much, but you know, it's, it's like, are, do you guys like do anything nowadays? Like, hey, it was the wild, wild west out there. It's not the civilized 20, you know, 24th century of Picard, 
right? It's the, this is the this is the wild west. I think they had a better handhold on stuff when it was just Enterprise. Back, you know, back when we just started first flying through space. <laughs> I think we regressed somehow. Like we went forward, regressed, and went forward again. <laughs> you know what the the Roid Rage reminded me of, and I can't. And it's completely escaped me the name of the character. Um. It's a Marvel character, um, and they would take, like, these pills, um, and, like, certain pills would, like, give them, like, certain abilities. Um, they featured this particular character in Jessica Jones, either season two or three. No, I think it was season one. I know what you're talking about. He, the, the, the cop who takes those pills. Yeah, and he ends up um, attacking um, the friend of, of Jessica. Um, at her apartment or whatever. Yeah, I, I know the character. I don't know the character's I, name. It's gonna drive me nuts. But that's I mean, that's what it, I was thinking of, like that and um, like, um, just like the Incredible Hulk kind of thing, like just the change or whatever. But yeah, and man, Doctor Mbega always has this on him. Always. Do you have this? Always have this on you? Yes. <sighs> he is always ready to take some people out. He's ready to roid up, man. Let's go. Let's go. So, <clears throat> we're going to beat some people up in some corridors. We're going to do some Kirk Fu. In slow motion. In slow motion. That's right. That's right. And uh, we're going to torture, because why not? We're, we're civilized here in the 23rd century. We have a more evolved, you know, form of sensibilities. You know? We don't just kill because we enjoy it like with tommy guns or anything like that i mean we this sort of stuff is actually kind of okay for me though because it's like it's like when we got with o'brien with the cardassians you know after the war and stuff how much he hated cardassians in the beginning like borderline just racist towards cardassians you know he didn't want to do anything to do with them you know it's it it it, uh, it doesn't take a good man much to go into the realm of evil, when you think about it. Mm. Uh, it. It only takes little pushes or seeing great evil before you. So, I mean, even and Bangi even said like wherever he was stationed. What was the quote? Something like, "When it rained, it rained blood," or yeah, something like that. Some blood rain going on and so forth. So like. I actually don't really mind that kind of thing going on, you know, even when he's effectively choking a guy out, you know, cause it's just, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a form of, of rage that he obviously hasn't dealt with. And one other quick thing I just wanted to prod in here that I was really excited about at the very beginning when we first saw in Banga, it's like, Oh my God, this guy is actually speaking up. Like they properly mic'd him. And then it's back to whispering. He has a very soft voice. Yep. Yep. So, anyway, we we find out um, what the complement of the ship is, right? Like, after beating some folks up, choking them out. And, um, you know, we also find out about, like, this transmitter on, I think it was deck 12. Sounds right. Some, some deck number. It was there. Um, and we're going to change it to basically a form of Morse code. Uh, we later on find out to try and save ships from coming out to be do like a false flag 
kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, essentially. And um, it it basically works, but the juice is wearing off, gang. Um, in terms of them being all roided up, you know, when people are showing up and in you know whispering, I need more, I need more time. Help me out. And, uh, you know, Chapel's like, ah, this hurts, but it's fine. Everything's fine. World's on fire. It's fine, though. Um, and he's still got some juice in him to go and, and save his his colleague. So, uh, which results in them being in a, um, in a room, uh, an airlock. Airlock, yep. With only just a few pieces of an EV suit to make one complete EV suit. Yeah, helmet Not and some thrusters. Yeah, some a helmet, some thrusters. Yeah. Um, this kind of made me a little uncomfortable because, like, the way they were holding each other. Yeah. I'm like, please don't kiss. Please, please don't kiss. No, 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 no. Yeah. No, don't do it. No, they. It was a very weird it. embrace. I mean, it's it's just space is cold. <laughs> Get a blanket. No, but like they decide they have to get out of the of the the ship and they have to make a, a hard vacuum transit, which is is scientifically possible. Like before anyone out there is I know there are probably people out there that are gonna criticize like this is not possible. It is possible, right? A couple of things need to happen. First, don't try to hold your breath. That's the worst thing you could do. Most people think, oh I gotta I gotta hold my breath because I got so I can breathe. No. That you Take that oxygen in your lungs. That'll freeze. Inst- that'll freeze instantly, and that'll hurt. That'll that'll kill you first. So what you gotta do is you gotta exhale. Get all the air out of your lungs, right? If possible, what you can do is take an extra shot of oxygen and shoot that into your lungs to keep more oxygen into your lungs. Okay, and then don't try to stay awake. Right? You're gonna pass out. He says 15 seconds. That's about right. 10 to 15 seconds, you'll pass out. Don't try to stay awake because that will also kill you. But it is possible, right? And any more than a minute will kill you. But as long as you as you don't try to hold your breath, you expel all the oxygen, you don't try to stay awake, this is, this is scientifically possible. Hmm. Science. Science. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, back at the ranch... Um, Spock is um, trying to figure out what the heck to do because he knows that there needs to be some shoosting and some following of this ship, by the way, that, it, that you know, Mbanga and Chapel are on. It's coming out. And we think that they're friends. Mm-mm. Why is there a random Starfleet ship? Oh, by the way, there's Morse code. Oh, it's telling us to shoot them. Great. False flag. There's that false flag thing we were just talking about. And uh, he's torn. Spock is torn, right? Like shooting because he knows he's going to probably kill two of his fellow officers. And he doesn't want to do that. He is like all torn up about it, trying to think logically. And we have we have our, our you know, other bridge officers that are um, saying, come on, can I shoot? Can I do, do something right now? Can I, can I, can I, can I? He's like, wait, just wait, just wait. And it's very last second when he finally fires on this false Starfleet ship, when also, by the way, Mbenga and Chapel have ejected, and we do detect their their um, transponder, and we are able to beam them aboard, and they're going to be okay, type of thing. 
Um, Only after it get it, rough. Get roughed up a little bit, yeah. I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, you know, this, this, this. We were told that this Spock in this in this show is a different Spock than the Spock we're used to in the original series and the movies, right? This this Spock is much more in touch with his emotions. Is not as detached. I feel like original series Spock probably wouldn't have hesitated as long to to fire on the other ship. He'd been like, you know. The, we 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 made the choice to be in Starfleet. We all knew that it could come to, to to risking our lives and potentially losing our lives for a mission. And they told us to shoot it down, so we're gonna shoot it down, right? That Spock wouldn't have waited as long. But so I like seeing like this is a different Spock. He he's not he hasn't matured to that fully grown, and he and he's not as confident in his leadership because he hasn't. He's not as high rank. He's not as experienced in Starfleet yet. Yeah. So I like that we're seeing this different spot yeah. here. I don't know. I think it plays a little fast and loose with things. Because, like, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, experience for sure. And I think even Vulcans can feel uncertainty, you know, especially if they haven't went through something. Um but the, the only the only I guess problem and I do I, I like this Spock, but the only problem that I, I run into a little bit is that you know you're you're effectively saying that Spock learned all of these life lessons before Kirk. But the whole story you build up in the original series and then in the movies and so forth is it was the friendship with Kirk that brought him closer to his humanity. In the experiences then he had through the Enterprise and then subsequent movies and everything, and it, it just it for me it just kind of like underlines we're 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 almost not we're not like throwing it all away but in a way you are kind of throwing it away, and the only thing that you could potentially say which they're not going to do but like you could say to save that continuity is that he goes through another. Um, uh, what is it like? The, the, uh, where you're suppressing your emotion, the colonar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if he goes through another one of those and just effectively goes blank again, you know what I mean. But then, what's really the point in that? I don't think it meshes as well in, in form of continuity. It's not saying I don't like it. It's just you know, if you look at the whole picture, the macro, it just kind of doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Sure. I understand what you're saying, yeah. I know that you know the this this form of Spock is is supposed to be um, based off the cage, like the original pilot um, for Star Trek, uh, where he is and like like we were saying, like more in tune with his emotions. and um, I think. I read somewhere that um, it's supposed to be like around the time I think that Pike becomes like fleet captain um, and is doing a lot of that stuff and then eventually you know getting into the chair that that's when things really change for Spock so even, even if that is the case I mean that's like still like what six years away in, internally from you know like the, the events that that put you know Pike 
in his in his chair, essentially. Um, so I, I can I can appreciate what what you're saying, David, and um, how much does Kirk really bridge the gap? Unless they're bringing Paul Wesley on right now to, you know, lay the foundation for that sort of thing. Because we know we know Kirk's going to be in this season a lot more than he was last season. He was in like what one episode, two episodes last just last season, one. just the one episode, yeah, finale. So anyway, all right. Well, um, we we all go. Um, uh, will you all like go back to the planet? And this is what I was kind of saying a little later. Like, you know, after we've, like, blown up the ship and, you know, we've stopped a war from starting up again, basically, we uh, we get a hail, like, that the, uh, was it the Klingon wants to um, see Spock specifically and basically go toast and get drunk, essentially. Well, he wants to look into his eyes. That's how yeah. we can tell if he's telling the truth or not. Because Vulcans don't lie. They may exaggerate, or they may omit, but they don't lie. <laughs> um, and this is what I was talking about, man. Like, we, we got, like, just more, like, walking around of, of folks. I mean, anyway. We go, like we have with, a big party, man. Yeah, we do. We, we blew up this ship, we stopped the false flag, and we're going to drink blood wine all night long. And I just thought it was kind of weird. I thought it was a weird choice, like, with La'an. By the way, like, you, you good? You good? You're, you're okay now, right? Okay, I'm, I'm out of here. Like, that just seemed weird to me. Like, that that's how we're going to just get La'an back on the ship. Like, you're good, right? Right? Okay, cool. Well, I mean, she did what she set out to do, right? Her mission was to help that girl find her family. I, I just... And she I'm did just... it. Right, so now she goes I, I back guess. to work. Yeah, I guess, yeah. It 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 seems a little quick because I mean it was the mm -hmm. the finale when she decided to take her leave, and because we didn't really get to see much of that on screen, or we didn't get the longest year book of, you know, Leon. Uh, oh, there might be a book about this, <laughs> right? Oh boy, <laughs> let's let's maybe not, <laughs> but Wonderland. Wonderlands, two. Wonderlands. Wonderlands. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one, Commander. All right. Oh boy. Wonderlands. Yes. All right, and uh, so we're we're doing that, and what April gives Spock a hard time, like. Don't ever do that crap again. And the only punishment you're given is uh, that hangover that you got there. But if you do it again, it's your commission, young man. But there better not be a next time. But there better not be a next time, young man. Don't do it. Don't don't do it. Could you please lower then, your voice, Admiral? Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah. Um, and then, like, the tease at the very end is, like, I think he did us a favor because we're going to need all the resources we can get based on blah, blah, blah. And then we see, like, Gorn ship or whatever on the Yeah, screen. but there's also, there's also I, I know they're, they're building this Nurse Chapel and uh, Spock relationship or 
I don't know if it's gonna be a relationship, but it's like they clearly have feelings for each other. And yeah. like <clears throat> when she gets beamed back and from the hard vacuum, he's like, "No, I waited for you." And then and then he and he has like a moment in sick bay too, where he's like talking to the doctor while she's still sedated, or whatever. I forget exactly what he says, but something like something like I don't know how I feel right now, or I don't mm-hmm. know how to control my feelings, or something like that. I don't understand my feelings. Something along those lines. Just go play your harp a bit more. <laughs> and then he goes to play his harp. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if you watch this with subtitles, but like in the beginning, it's like playing music badly. Is what it says <laughs> on the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, I think that's it. Y'all got anything else? Nope. That seems like a pretty quick recap. Hey, it was just just as long as the episode, I think, right? Wow, look at us go. Look at us go. I mean, we did it like in 30 minutes, 40 minutes. It was like about 10 15 minutes of that was just preamble of nonsense that's been going on yeah no big deal it's good um all right well, let's uh let's transition into the um the evaluation portion of the episode um so let's uh look at uh, the delta and um um how well the different divisions of starfleet were represented in this particular episode so eric what do you think man well, I'm thinking like there's some good command. I'll, I'll like like Admiral Admiral April here. He makes the decision and the command decision that says, "Hey, we have a treaty here, and you can't go violate it." Which, from the Admiralty's perspective, makes perfect sense. And he's he's making a command decision, and I think you know it's probably the right decision, right, from an Admiralty perspective. Um, so I'll, I'll give him credit for that. And, and then, you know, Spock's like, I'm not going to leave somebody behind. I'm going to make my own command decision and then to take the ship. And then at the end, Spock, you know, he makes the decision to, to fire on this ship. He doesn't now La'an and Dr. Mb- not La'an, Nurse Chapel and, and Dr. Mbenga were off the ship by then, but he didn't know that. So, you know, he makes the dis- dis- decision, it's a command decision to, to fire on this other ship. Um which is obviously the right decision as well, right? Even though he has limited information here. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy giving a command. It's not like the strongest command I've ever given before, but I'm happy to give a command. Um, are we doing like operations per, for, per se? I don't know, not really. Um... <clears throat> Is there some science going on here? Sure, we got our space meth, right? That's I guess that's medical science, right? Um, we've got our hard our hard vacuum transit. That's that's some science going on there. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like there's some science. Not the strongest episode from a science perspective that we've ever seen, and it's not the strongest from an operations that we've ever seen either. So, for me, I'm thinking, um, you know, like with the the Admiralty piece, like you pointed out, like that makes sense. 
Um, but I also think, um, in a way, um, Spock's doing some good stuff too because he knows like he's ma- he's made his bed now he's got to lay in it when it comes to like this pl- this dilithium planet thing like he's going to need some really solid kind of you know evidence some really just a lot of proof you know like this is what's going down so that we can you know actually make a case and justify stuff so um, I think like sticking to his guns but also like saying hey by the way if you don't want to do this I respect your decision um, type of thing so you know let me know like right now so there's there's that um science um i hadn't thought of it as thoughtfully as eric did uh regarding like the space vacuum stuff but um that's cool i'm on board with that and um also like i liked how it was it was just subtle but like you know using like the the future sciencey stuff of like uh, the matter recombination or whatever the jargon was that they used um, for like the the radiation stuff like the ion stuff and trying to heal people I like that I thought that was pretty good um, I think there is a case for operations it's kind of there right it's when we're doing like the warp core breach uh, where we're, we're we're going in we're gonna press some buttons we're going to obi-wan kenobi it make sure no one's looking at us while we press some buttons and we're going to get in oh by the way that doesn't work because we have a professor of engineering that is here checking things out if you really want to do it in style we got to vent stuff from the nacelles and this is how you do it to make it look good type of thing um there's that um this next one might be more of a stretch but um what was the um it was like an antimatter detonator thing that uh, La'an was kind of like m- joking about, kind of making up, um, but just like using some like fake techno babble. Uh, I, I didn't mind. Um, so for me, it's it's probably being generous, but I'm going to give it all three for this particular episode. David, what do you think, man? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a ton to add. I, th- I think command is, is there... I, I more tune into into Spock, you know. I mean, even towards the the end where he gives the final command to fire on the ship, um, he gave his crew mates as much time as he could until it was literally the last moment and you had to do it. So, and we've seen that progressively throughout a lot of the series where. You know, we, we are trying to give as everybody as much time, but we still ultimately make the, the tough decision. Um, I, I think you I think you guys pretty much already buttoned up all the science stuff. The only other thing I'd say from like an operational standpoint um, would go maybe to Ahura when we're go- under our inspection and she's basically trying to set up a secondary. Uh, communications yeah, panel or something like that so as not to lose communication which you know they're like what does that matter you know it, it's it's fine you're in dock but it's like it wound up being super important and there's even a scene with her going to Spock directly to tell her about or to tell him about the message from uh, Leon and I, I mean he asks like why didn't you just like you know call me it's like well like comms are down so just some of that little stuff, I think is I think is enough. It's it's really not like super overarching, but it's it's there. 
it, it's there a bit. So I'm I'm pretty comfortable with all three. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, let's uh, let's rate this thing. So, um, gang, on a a, sky, on a scale of one to ten, one being a dumpster fire and ten being absolutely amazing, how do we rate this thing? Uh, Commander Eric, what do you think, man? It's not as strong as some of the the episodes from the first season, right? I mean, that first season of this came out like gangbusters and was just, like, amazing through the first, I think, six episodes, right? Um, it's a solid episode. I think it, it does what it has to do. It it gets Captain Pike to, to Una. It gets La'an back on the ship. It sets up, like the long overarching you know trajectory of where we're headed i know i don't think we're telling a a serialized story but it sets us up for where we go and you know what the most important thing this episode did that we didn't even talk about is it gave us our klingons back right we got real klingons we didn't get those space orc goblin things the california right, discovery right we got real looking Klingons back. That's the most important thing this episode did, right? Admitting Discovery made a mistake, right? Um, which I, you know, Dang. I just like seeing. It was a mistake, right? Yeah. I think I think there's no reason why we can't admit that was a mistake. Um, so we got those guys back. Um, <clears throat> you know, we had we had a mission that we had to go on, a, a rescue mission. We had to just to stop a false flag it it you know it, it was it was an effective episode it was nothing it was nothing that was really gonna stand out right amongst the other episodes but it's not a bad episode by any stretch of the imagination um looking at looking where i have some of the episodes from the last season um and from from like what we've been doing recently i mean i'm comfortable giving this episode like a 7.8. Okay. Eric coming in with a 7.8. So, this episode for me, um, I was I was just glad to be back with the Enterprise crew. And um, just like being back on the Enterprise with Pike and company, even if Pike was only there for like five minutes, basically. Um, I didn't mind the episode. I, I, I was looking at the ratings um, at one point during the episode uh, when I was watching it um, to see like you know it, like where we where we were mentally right uh, thinking like through those those episodes last year um, because I agree like while it was a, a, a pretty good story, it wasn't um, I, I don't feel like it grabbed me um, as much as, last season did for the premiere I know like going into the premiere there was a lot of hype there was a lot of excitement like yes we're finally getting a Pike show type of thing but like Eric said like the first you know five six some odd episodes were really strong and this episode it's 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 fine um, I think it's it's about average in, in terms of like an episode um I think like some of the things that like brought it down for me, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but like Pelia wasn't the biggest fan of, of Pelia. Um, and I'm sure people love her and that's fine. But like right now, this first episode, I'm not digging her. Um, but, uh, there's another nine episodes, 
you know, for that to change my mind. And I'm, I'm open to it. But right now, just not, not a good start for me. I'm just really annoyed with her. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, some of the, the stuff was just kind of weird in terms of like, we're kind of like rushing things along, but it's, I get it. It's a, it's a singular kind of story of the week. So you gotta, gotta do that. But it just felt kind of odd at times, um, with like the story beats. Um, I did like seeing like real Klingons, uh, not the California raisins, not the Klingorks, uh, like we saw on discovery. So that was good. Um, I am hopeful for this season. Um, I, I am hopeful, but, um, I think I'm kind of in like a similar camp as Eric and, um, I was coming into this thing, um, truly today with like a seven, seven. And I think I'm going to kind of leave it at that. I think that's still pretty generous and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of giving that in hopes that the season will continue to improve and I'm leaving myself open to, um, you know, rating it either higher or lower, you know, once we get the full context of what season two brings us, um, over the next, you know, nine, 10 weeks or so. Um, don't really have much else to add. I mean, we've already kind of talked about like a lot of the content that I think was pretty pertinent, um, especially when we're talking about like the deltas, but, um, I think that's it. I don't want to ramble on any longer. David, what do you think, man? How would you rate this? Yeah, it's kind of difficult. Cause like Eric said, it, it wasn't, it didn't really come out as strong as the the first season did not necessarily a bad thing but it it definitely wasn't as strong as as the first season premiere um i i think you know the the episode itself was like what 50 minutes something under just under an hour and you know I, i feel like we tried to really push a lot of like character development in the episode, you know, the, the Spock's emotional journey and uh, Spock and Chapel's romantic thing and, you know, Mbanga's PTSD and Leon uh, drinking blood wine and, you know, and then Pike just goes bye-bye. So I, I think there's there's a lot they were trying to pack in here where, you know, one of the things that I think we said about season one is, you know, unlike Discovery that waited till like the end to do any slight character development to make me care about the characters. In season one, they did so much just overt character development that I just, I felt really at home with the crew. So I didn't really have any sort of issue with that. And, you know, sometimes you try and put too much in there. And then because of that, the, the actual story of this red flag ship thing, potential reigniting a, a Klingon Federation war thing just kind of got condensed down and almost uh, diminished. It was, it was a little diminished. And we spent a lot of time in slow motion fight scenes on meth. And, and again, I know that sounds negative, but it's just like maybe when you're structuring this, like give the story a little bit wider berth and just let these characters that we already know kind of be themselves. Um, the other thing that I just wanted to point out here, I don't know who decided on some of the camera angles that they did in this show, but like 
there was a scene where Chapel and Mbanga were like going um, into like an access panel under the under the deck that they were on, but then they did this whole flippy spinny thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't make a lot of sense. And even when they were transporting the uh, Mbanga and Christine back to the Enterprise, it was like just this jumbled mess. And and maybe that's just to display the chaos of space or whatever. But it's it, it it's almost akin to the fireballs on on uh, Discovery when we're when we're like trying to be too artsy about a certain thing, and it and it just didn't really seem like it was needed. It, it, and if I point those things out, it means it's a, it's a distracting to me for some reason, and I hone in on really dumb things sometimes. But you, you know, I I think the execution of the episode for me from a storytelling standpoint was lacking a bit. Um, but like Chase said, I'm really happy to be back here. Like I'm happy to be back with this crew because I, I, I held a lot of hope for this show and in the first season, despite kind of slipping a little bit towards the end, had a lot of like really punchy, uh, high end moments. So I, I would say that, you know, that this was an okay setup, but it did not go, in with a bang that a lot of the other series have done because we've we've rated quite a few season premieres pretty high um so Mm -hmm. i'm i'm thinking i'm probably actually more akin to you guys i was i i I think probably just come in with what i thought and and i'm actually going to be on par with eric and just give it another 7.8 okay cool so um across the board we're looking um at a 7.76 for the um, average among us uh, for this episode. Um, I know this is um, like day one, you know, for this this particular episode, but have we looked at um, other rating sites to see how that's tracking? Uh, I mean, I did did look at IMDb before we started. I don't remember what it was. 8.1. 8.1? Yep. So we're not too far off from what's being rated. So, cool. And by the way, David, I did pay attention to the, the angle thing too. Like, I'm like, what is this stuff? But there was another time where that same kind of shot, like with that, I think it's like a Dutch angle, I think is what that is, uh, where it was used with the ship in space when it was doing like a flippy-do or something. I'm like, that makes sense. But yeah, like going into like the... Jeffrey, or just the access corridor, whatever it was, that I'm like, what is this? What is this? So, anyway, um, well, that's it. We got um, we got more coming. Uh, next time we have an episode um, called Ad Astra per Aspera, um, and we were talking about this. Um, the stars on, for something. Yeah, we were talking about this um, on the. Uh, on our group text, and um, I know Eric was asking, what can we deduce from these uh, these titles? And um, at Astra means to the stars, and I had to, I said I had to look up per Astra, which means through hardship. So it's either to the stars through hardship or through hardship to the stars. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be like the court martial of of, mm-hmm. of Una. So there we go. There we go. So um, there is no Twitter poll uh, this week. I know Eric is like brokenhearted about it. 
you shot so through the heart. Shot through the heart, and you're too late. No, or like, straight through my heart. Like the Backstreet Boys song. Or how about some faith in the heart? You got me, can't stop the bleeding. Sing it, Eric. Come on. No, this is only three lines I know. That was okay. from the dark era where Kevin had left the band. Man. Dark days. Well, that's it. That's it, gang. Thank you, as always, for, you know, we're starting this journey anew uh, with a new season of, of a Star Trek show. And, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to have some some fun conversations, whether we like it or not. So there we go. Uh, but for everyone out there in listener land, I hope you're you're just as excited as we are uh, to be back talking Trek, watching Trek, that sort of thing. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on uh, the episode and kind of the trajectory that you hope it goes and even just what your opinion of the episode was. So um, let us know. Take, connect with us at uh, tiertvpod.com. You can send us messages there. You can also support the show financially if you'd like through Patreon, patreon.com slash these are the voyages. Um, of course, you can also send us an email directly. Um, to trtvpod at gmail.com or you can send us a voice only transmission to 817-752-4757 remember there's a three minute limit uh, before um, some fake Starfleet ship tries to come and get us Um, so please help a brother out and be quick about it Um, other than that if you want to mail us something like uh, not the uh, roid rage stuff that uh, Mbenga and Chapel take um, you can do that I guess I'd prefer a data pad or cookies but that's fine um, Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for tuning in, and as always, remember to boldly go.